peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, we have to do what we always do, which is give gratitude to you all for listening. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so once a week, and I hella appreciate that. Um, First things first, if you haven't signed up for Tribe Letter at spiritualhomegirl.com or on my link tree um, on Instagram or on my email sign-up list on Facebook, definitely do so. We are getting deeper and deeper into different things. And shout out to those who share the tribe letter. Let me know what they think about it. It makes me happy to know that people actually open the tribe letter. <laughs> I always say if I can just if I can impact one, cool. So if it feels good to get more than one. And honestly, if I just got one, I'd be cool too. But it's dope to know that people are filling the tribe letters. I basically curate content that is way more unique than what I do on social media because I I'm able to do it without restrictions, without caption length restrictions or um, linking issues and things like that. I like being able to reach people directly and, you know, send them things. It's, it's dope. I've also created a Facebook group for people who want to actually discuss tribe letters because it got a little um, overwhelming to keep up with individual responses. So I just created a centralized location so tribe members can discuss um, episodes or um, or tribe letters or events, whatever, what have you that, you know, is with, um, make peace with the day or spiritual hunger. And we can just chop up about it in our own little forum. So definitely if you're on Facebook, um, search spiritual homegirl, um, on the groups and you'll be able to find us. And I literally just started that today. So I'm super juiced about that and creating a community. I know it's going to be a slow grind, to get people off of one app to another i'm definitely aware of that because again a lot of these apps are like one-stop shops but for those that will get off the apps of social media and fool me off of it i have something really special for y'all so it makes me um makes me happy to see people get value out of the tribe letters also what else is going on i think oh yeah i'm going to be at twerk fest september 15th that is at cosmic energy fitness studio that tickets, I think, are 10 to $15 as of right now. There's going to be $5 drinks with a bartender as well. So if you're a little um, little insecure about your twerking skills, no need to fret. If um, you want, if you drink alcohol, go ahead and get you a little drink and drink. Don't drink too much because you're going to sweat. And nobody got time to be stumbling and twerking at the same time. If you don't drink, uh, we can do a quick little meditation, get your mind right, so you can uh, twerk with confidence. <laughs> and get some good fitness in um because it's a fitness event so it's at 7 p.m saturday september 15th um definitely go to i think eventbrite uh twerk fest 2018 with the cosmic energy fitness studio should pop right up and also shout out to the tribe members that went to my guided meditation this week it was a lot of fun i enjoyed you guys for those again who want to be a part of any upcoming um things that I have going on regarding meditation or want to book time with me to have me do a one-on-one guided meditation with you, just hit me up at maria at spiritualhomegirl.com. That's my email address, and we can talk about it. So on to this week's episode guest. So about a 
I don't remember how long ago has it been. I don't really know the time frame, but what I know is I've seen this real feisty, passionate, outspoken woman on my timeline. And I seen it. I said, yo, I like her. She seemed like she genuinely is happy about what she does in terms of uh, being a person that is about healing and helping others and using her spirituality to do that. And that person is Valeria, the Mexican witch. And when I seen her, I automatically was interested because she's doing work from a different standpoint. And I respect that. And I also respect the fact that she speaks up against um, injustices as well as the the colonization, I guess, um, of spirituality and working to change the stereotype of what spirituality looks like if you guys heard the episode from about how many months was that months maybe eight nine ten months ago i interviewed somebody from a uh, jasmine leva from the invisible vegan and her purpose was doing a documentary that featured veganism and plant-based living from a poc or person of color's perspective And the reason why she decided to do that is because when she was looking for something to identify with or something in the market that could represent someone that looks like her, she couldn't find it. Because usually people were, um, and they were, to be honest, um, slim white woman. That was basically the image. And that's honestly been the image that a lot of us have seen with yoga and a lot with spirituality as well. And um, unless you live in a place like Atlanta where it's blackity black or a place um, like Texas or New York or um, Florida or California um, or a place that has a concentrated amount of Latin people, you're not going to see other people's perspectives unless you go online or on social media. So it's cool to see people like Valeria go ahead and kick it from a bruja perspective and we'll explain what a bruja is later on too and i know some of y'all might be curious because you see it online a lot it's cool valeria is going to explain it to you from her perspective and we talk about a lot this episode it's a lot of it's a lot of uh trill spill as we call it a lot of real talk a lot of very raw candid conversation about her journey moving from massachusetts to new orleans what that's like picking up her entire life and moving we also talk about how she found her gifts and whether she believes people are gifted or not. And we also talk about something I discussed um, during my episode last week about healers charging for services. And we talk about hitting licks in the name of spirituality and how whack that is. So we, we basically go, we, we cover a lot this, um, this interview. And I want to thank Valeria for being such an awesome um, guest and a, a wonderful spirit, having just a great personality. Like, she's dope. Like, when I slide through to New Orleans, I'm definitely going to hit her up, chop it up a little bit. And we also talk about protecting yourself and some tips of the, um, of, the, of the trade in terms of how to protect yourself, strife from the Mexican witch, and how to get in touch with her as well. So with that being said, y'all enjoy this interview with Valeria, the Mexican witch. All right, peace, y'all. Speaking with Valeria, the Mexican witch. How you feeling today? Ooh, I'm feeling good. I'm back in New Orleans. This is a fun time. And, you know, the energy's feeling bright and bold and good. And I like that. I'm all for it, bright and bold. So I'm familiar with you, obviously, on social media. You have a very um, strong, authentic, transparent um, 
I hate to say image because, you know, that's not, that's not what it is, but you know how social media goes, you know, the presence, I should say, is very transparent. Yo, this is me. This is how I get down. I am a bruja. This is how I operate. So for those who may not know who the Mexican witch is, who is Valeria? Valeria. Yeah. So to me, my name is important too. I am from Mexico. I was born in the beautiful state of Chihuahua. It's the desert in Mexico. Um, I am a, you know, I call myself a professional witch. Um, I do witchcraft for a living. So I read tarot cards. That's a part of the spiritual practice that I add to my craft. Um, That's pretty much what I do every day. And I also spend most of my days, you know, doing magic. What does that mean? Well, uh, for me, a lot of it is, you know, candle magic, uh, herb magic, um, working with energy and spirits. That, that's sort of what I do and who I am. You know, if we're not just speaking about my profession as a person, um, I'm, a, I'm a wild and young Aquarius. Um, and I'm a dreamer. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person that wants to do big things for myself. And I, you know, I have this sort of like feeling in my heart that I'm meant to, you know, help raise vibrations of the people out there and to make this world a better place. So even though, you know, on social media and all this stuff, you know, oh, you know, I'm a witch and that's what I do for a living. I also think it's important to mention, you know, as on a humanity level, on a just like who I am, what I want is to make a difference in the world and to reach as many people as possible. So that's a little about me. Um, yeah, I'm like really, I'm really, really prideful of my heritage. That's a, an important part about, you know, what I think differentiates me from other people that, you know, I feel very, very connected to my Mexican roots and that influences everything I do in my life. Um, and it, you know, it brings me great pride to, to be from such blood and such roots. I dig that. So I think what's interesting about what you're telling me about the mission, we have similar missions. We're going about it in different ways. And the mission is to ultimately reach as many people as possible and to positively impact their lives, right? Mm-hmm. So like, where did Valeria get the notion that this is what she was meant to do? Like, what was going on to where you were like, yo, this is my life's work and this is what I'm going to do? It actually came to me really recently because, you know, a lot of people ask the question, what's your purpose in life? And, you know, for a long time, I kept thinking that, okay, your purpose is to be a tarot card reader, a psychic reader, et cetera, et cetera. And that is part of my purpose. But I also, like, I want to help people build relationships to spirit and to themselves, right? And, and I think that's how I found that greater call. Because I think everybody, we live in a world where our spirits are dimmed and they are um, they're wounded by so many things around us that are bad, right? So, you know, many, by, many of us work too much so we can't connect to spirit or maybe we've been deprived of our cultures and we can't connect to spirit. So, you know, that, that larger longing to help people came to me because I know that spirit has been uh, taken from a lot of people. And, and as, a, as a tarot reader and as an energy worker and, you know, as a spiritual worker, to me, that's, that's why it's important because we all deserve to be reunited with our spirit, uh, to be connected to our highest self. And above all, I do believe that, you know, people are powerful instruments of change in their lives. And sometimes they just need a spark, right? They need someone to tell them, 
or guide them in the right direction so that they can make the change in their lives. And seeing that in action as I've worked uh, now doing this, you know, for a couple of years, like that's what gives me that motivating factor because, you know, after you see outcomes that are so cool, like, you know, like for example, I, I read tarot cards for a couple of people whom um, got into Ivy League schools. And the reason why, you know, that process ended up working out was because they believed in themselves. And that was after the spirit had reached out to them to try and to believe. And so that's why I think it's, it has a greater purpose because everybody deserves to be reflected and seen in this way where they, they know their power and their strength. And, and I think that's what drives me. Uh, hella respect. Um, I think like that's really great in terms of being like, you know what, it's not necessarily about me. It's more so about me being the seed. And then mm-hmm. they do with it, they can water it. That's on them. So I think that's really dope that you're like, yo, I'm not necessarily the whole, I'm just more so of a, a catalyst that can really assist you into doing what you need to do to be the best person you can be and to get everything that your heart desires and what you feel you deserve and things of that nature. So I think that's really dope. And I think that's very selfless too. Like I know we're in an age where, um, hmm. I want to make sure I say this right. It ain't about offending people. It's just more so making sure that if I'm going to offend somebody, it's going to be with the right words. It's really um, self-driven. It's really more so about us. Like, it's about mm-hmm. people versus the people. You feel me? So I think that's mm-hmm. that you're like, yo, like, I'm for y'all, and I'm here to assist y'all. So I think that's really dope. So um, for some reason, I thought you were from – now, Grant, you say you're from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Were you in New Mexico at some point? Yeah, that is, that's where I grew up. So my, I'm an immigrant, you know. I mean, now I'm very fortunate. You know, I, I'm a documented citizen of the United States. But uh, when I first moved to the U.S., my parents moved us to New Mexico, and I spent the first 18 years of my life there. Okay. So now you're in New Orleans. So um, what – you know what? Let me backtrack. When you started to um, take advantage of the gifts that you had, did your family have any kind of issue in terms of you being a person that's now going to be in the spiritual realm? Like, was your family traditional at all? Yeah, I have a very traditional family. And, you know, Mexicans still in this country and in Mexico are very Catholic. And Catholicism is a religion that doesn't really make room for witchcraft. There are other religions. There are religions based in witchcraft and magic, right? So... Um, and my parents, they have grown a lot just to accept me, which I'm very thankful for. Uh, and my sister as well. Right. So they, I think they have as they have kind of out of their own love for me, seen that what I do is not bad or negative. And so I almost feel like, uh, even though they're very religious, they, they see that the work that I do is good. And so I almost feel like I teach them that, right. That, that witchcraft is not necessarily something evil or bad. Um, and I, and I think there's still a lot of stigma, right? Like I worship a saint that in the Catholic church is seen as, you know, like bad. It is seen as someone you should not work with or talk to. And that, that still exists. It's, you know, it's a barrier that I'm ready to cross at some point with them. It'll be, you know, I'm sure it'll bring us all greater growth. Um, but it, it can be difficult, uh, especially, you know, with, with people automatically assuming you're a bad person if you tell them you're a witch. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, even when you say that you're spiritual, people kind of, they're like, oh, 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 like, what do you mean spiritual? What are you doing? 
And mm-hmm. I, I think that comes from a lot of misinformation, a lot of ignorance about what this is. Now, if I was sitting here putting jobs on people, it'd be a different story. If I was out here right. using the gifts for evil or to hurt someone, to harm somebody, then yeah, I get it. But I don't, I think it's going to take a lot of um, respectful, open-minded dialogue in order to get people really to have an understanding of what we all do, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like for what you're saying, like witchcraft, like it's a lot of us do a lot of things that are similar, but under different um, umbrellas. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, like we said earlier, to help people and to help people find what works for them and to also help them empower themselves. So mm-hmm. I really understand that. I think the stigma will, um, will go away. Not to mention the social media age is like access to different kinds of people like yourself with, you know, with more of an open mind because it's in private. You can lurk in private and do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so I think that's going to help out too. I always say technology has been like a gift and a curse. And I think in this case, this is where it becomes a gift in terms of stuff. Yeah. So um, how did you get to New Orleans? Can you tell me about how you ended up just moving from here to there? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this story because it really is something I'm proud of. You know, I realize I'm a free spirit that I cannot be confined to a fucking desk to work. I can't, you know, I worked in healthcare, which is one torturous because it's just so, there's so many rules and, and so many things to follow. And, and you know, I, was, I had a boss, I had someone telling me what to do and that broke me. That made me depressed. It made me, you know, sometimes you get pushed into the darkness by spirit and by, you know, energies around you. I was a mess. I was like... I can't work here any longer. I can't live in Massachusetts any longer. Like I felt pushed out of there. There was such a big drive to move. And I had just recently visited New Orleans. I met some cool people. They really you know, spoke to me about how this city is good for artists and good for creatives and good for spiritual people. And I would say after that, there was no option for me but to move to New Orleans because once you visit this city and you become a part of what it is and you see how it's different than everywhere else in the world, you, you really won't want to move anywhere else. And for me, I, I took a four-day road trip from Massachusetts in my tiny little car and I brought myself over here. Um, I, I lived in the really beautiful historical neighborhood uh, called the Treme. It's a historically African-American neighborhood. It's really gorgeous. And, you know, this city embraced me. It was, it was a journey. It, it really, for me, was just about, like, taking off. I needed something different, and I needed energy. I needed something to work with. I needed, that, I needed my environment to reflect who I was. And then, lo and behold, that's what New Orleans does for me. You know what's so cold about that, Valeria, is that that's actually how I feel about L.A. Because because mm. um, I'm moving to L.A. And I've been in Atlanta for, like, hella years. I've been in Atlanta since I was, like, a little one, like, junior high. So, for mm-hmm. me, like, you know, I saw the all these other places. Um, I love New Orleans, actually. I got family around there. So, um, that's always kind of been, like, a place I like to visit. Also, um, and I want to talk about this a little later, about, um, I hate to say, well, no, it is. A lot of voodoo like influences on like mm-hmm. cities. People sleep mm-hmm. on that. They sleep on like how that whole like that whole um like those seaports, how that work with New Orleans and um like Biloxi and Mobile, like all across the South, like all of those influences are there, which I think is really interesting too. But anyway, 
But I'm actually about to do the same thing you did, moving to New Orleans to LA. I'm literally packing all my shit in a, in a car, and I am going to drive cross country to LA. Now my mama don't know; she she gonna really throw a fit when I tell her because she does not want me to drive. But I feel like those kind of trips to get to where you want to go, it makes it that much better once you find. Uh huh. And you know, it's just like awesome because like. Part of the reason why, like, at least for me, like, my dad didn't want me to drive because he, you know, he was like, oh, you're a woman. Like, how are you supposed to handle a three-day road trip without a guy there to help you if your car breaks down and, like, all these weird shit that he told me. And it was like, it's just driving, dad. You know, people turn this, like, really simple thing into this, like, scary thing. And I'm like, it, it's not scary. Like, I'm just taking my life and moving it somewhere else. And you know what? Like, it, yeah, it's a lot, but it's also not because if, if you're so determined to leave and, and make something bigger for yourself, then nothing else matters, you know, and, and that's what I think, you know, maybe that's the situation you're in. That's the situation I was in is like nothing else matters. I'm getting there like and to me, it's empowering for you, you know, for you and for myself, like um, like the fact that we can, um, you know, that we can just take off like that. It's a testament to how secure we are in ourselves. And it's a testament to how we, um, like, how we can flow with spirit, right? So I think it's beautiful. And, you know, it's cool that we both are kind of, you know, I did it last year and you're kind of like starting it now. You know, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It was actually around this time last year. It was actually during the retrograde. That retrograde that happened near like uh, a little bit before Labor Day. Yeah. And I always, like the past two years, like I've been visiting L.A., well, I lived in a desert. I lived in, like, the Mojave Desert, like, for four years before I got to uh, Atlanta. And then from, like, 2010 or 2009 on, I had been visiting consistently, just back and forth. And I would always get this feeling in my stomach of um, every time I touched down, it would be, like, jitters, like, excitement, like, I'm here, I'm here. Then um, when it was time to leave, I would have a knot in my stomach. And I didn't really notice it the first few years. But I, mm-hmm. I thought it was because I was eating meat at the time. So once I actually went plant-based and I started visiting, and I was like, damn, I keep getting this knot. I said, maybe that's, a, maybe that's something that I'm ignoring. And then come retrograde, I went to um, Playa Vista, if I remember correctly. And I was there with my twin, my uh, twin flame or whatever. And I, you know, beaches, like, it's something about water for me that is one of the best places to ground. So I always do mm-hmm. that. I'm more than likely end up shedding a few tears. I don't be out there sobbing on the beach. Aww. You know, but it's just, it just, it's a, it's an involuntary thing. It just happens. So I, this particular time I actually did start sobbing. I was crying. I was like, why is it that I cannot stop crying? Like I was like crying. And that's when I heard move to LA is you gotta, you gotta stay. And I was wow. like, like, am I tripping? Cause it was in the middle of a heat wave and it was fires and shit going on. And it's a retrograde. And I was like, wait, move this like move here and said yeah and I was like all right I gotta pick a date and my date was actually September 15th or 18th but I got some things I got tied up here before I leave but it's it's a go so I totally feel you when it's like nothing else matters from this point like it, it got to the point where I didn't even tell people I was moving until maybe four months ago because I really didn't give a fuck what anybody had to say and it was like do we want to have this conversation where I tell you I don't care now or do we wait till later? Because nothing, you're right, nothing else matters at all. Nothing. And it teaches you, you know, that something you just said that I think is really important, just energetic coaching for everybody. Like, when you take off like this, you're giving yourself the biggest cleansing you can. Because, like, 
there'll be people that would try to come into your life because you're leaving. And you'll realize they never cared until you're leaving, right? And so you'll be like, all right, cool. Now you want like to hang out with me because I'm not going to be around anymore, but you wouldn't hit me up when I lived here. So it shows you who's true and who sticks around. And, you know, once you're gone for enough time, it teaches you who your true friends are because like, you know, you leave all these relationships and then you move to a different place. And then who sticks around you? It really, really shows you the people who are there for you on a true level. Yo, when you said that, I wanted to hit one of these because hey. right, because now that the time is ticking, that is happening. And it's like, some of them might be listening. I don't care. But my thing is, <laughs> where were you when I needed support? Where were you when I was just chilling, like doing nothing? Like all of the, I don't want to call it fake love because I feel like the intention might be genuine, but I just feel like it's a little ill-timed. You know, it's almost like being taken for granted. You feel me? It's like, I was here the entire time. But now you feel like you need to do something, not necessarily for me, but to make your conscience feel okay. So when I bounce, you can say you did what you should or you did what you could to make sure that you did, you know, whatever to nurture before we, you know, before I bounced. So I totally mm-hmm. knew, I totally knew you with that. I, I mm-hmm. helped you with it on like a trillion levels because that's, that's real. You're not going to just come back and then do whatever, say whatever. Because I know a lot of, for me, when it comes to like changes for me, a lot of people like to come out and say things. And I respect people, you know, being able to come forward. But at the same time, it's like sometimes that timing is real questionable. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. So I feel you a thousand percent on that. So for those who've never been to New Orleans on the energetic tip, because you know, New Orleans is very, it's a very multi-layer city. You know, mm-hmm. you have architecture, you have... um the energetic spiritual piece you have music history you have yep. history history you know like the french yep. party and things like that so like for those who don't know what new orleans is like on the energetic thing like what is that like oh that's such a beautiful question well you know what i really like to tell people is that you know first of all it's really green around here So that's one of the things I really like, you know, it feels like you're in a kind of like a tropical climate here. We have like palm trees and bananas grow here. Like that's one of the magic, uh, one of the magic things about this place. Like everything you see outside is just like somehow growing here and you don't even know how it got here. So like I run into pomegranate trees, I run into apple trees, I run into banana trees and I'm like, what? So that's one thing, the nature here has its power. Uh, you know, and, and that relates to like the river and the uh, the swamps, right? Because those those specific places have energy. Rivers flow, um, and you know the swamps have a history with you know witches and 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 so to me, there's that. There's a lot of dynamic energy that's not just coming from the people, but from the surroundings. And then you know, to me, like some of the other energy is because. Actually, fun fact, New Orleans is the only city in the entire country where the dead outnumber the living. So you're consistently immersed in the spiritual world here. You have no option. Like, whether or not you're sensitive to ghosts and spirits, they're around you. And that's a cool thing here, in my opinion. Because me, like, when you know how to work with spirit, like, that's a positive thing for you. Because, you know, positive spirits will bring you good things and aid you in doing things. Um, so that's, that's different. You know, I think that sometimes the energy can feel kind of heavier to some people because there is so much of that, like, uh, so many souls here that are, you know, wandering around and, and, and around us. Uh, and 
you know, New Orleans is so fucking fun. Like for lack of a better description, you know, it's, it's a city that's alive pretty much 24 seven. Like there is stuff to do all the time. Um, there's a very vibrant community of artists. And I think that really contributes to the energy of the city and like how, uh, it, it is one of the cities that I think creative people can thrive in the most. And I think that that's beautiful because there's almost like this modern renaissance going on in New Orleans where, you know, no matter where you go, you're going to find music, uh, you know, painting, artwork, uh, and an innovation. And I think it's just gorgeous that that's like where I live and that's what this city brings to you if you live here, even if you visit, you know, and then on top of that, you know, hundreds of years of history having to do with many, many cultures, you know, uh, the French, the Spanish, the Native Americans that were here before any of them, and then people who were brought over here from Africa, whom then became uh, free in this, in New Orleans before, uh, so before the country abolished slavery, New Orleans was more progressive, and then the, um, the, the people who were slaves actually, like, got free time, and they, like, got to practice their religions, um, so it's beautiful because there's a lot of that uh, and to unlock and to see and to live. That's dope. Quick question, though. It's not about mm -hmm. New Orleans, but it's about New York. I know you went to New York recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, what is your take on New York energetically? Because, well, I don't want to taint the question, but what is your take? Like, what does the energy feel like to you in, you, in New York City? You know what? New York made me want to be big. New York made me ambitious. Like, New York made me see... Uh, myself in this way where I was like, you know what, like, I want to be big, like, I want to, I want to do awesome things for myself and be recognized. And you know what, I think it's interesting, because isn't there that one song called New York State of Mind, like, it, and I think that's what I got from that city. And, uh, you know, also just New York is so diverse. And so I'm really happy that I got to experience that because like, I'm super like, you know, I'm Latina, and you know, I'm Mexican. But I love every other Latino and every other, you know, every other Latin American like country. And so, you know, you walk around New York enough in a specific neighborhood and you can run to every culture. You know, you could get Puerto Rican, Dominican, uh, Mexican and Salvadorian on one street. And I'm like, to me, that energy is, is just gorgeous because there's people there that celebrate and are very authentic to their cultures. And New York is very international. And so that's something else that I really liked about it is that like, there's movement uh, an exchange of knowledge of people of all different walks of life consistently there. Um, and something glamorous about the city. Right. And so to me, that's what I got the energy. It's like, there's something glamorous that makes me want to like, you know, uh, you know, dress up and look beautiful and, um, and evoke the spirit of the city. And then, you know, there's also a lot, a lot of that city made me ambitious. Um, and I think there's no coincidence, right? It made me see, it made me see myself differently. I thought it was cool. Um, so, you know, shout out to all the New Yorkers listening because, you know, New York City was lit and New York City was beautiful and I'm definitely coming back. Yo, I want to go back before I bounce or I just might fly back before it snows because, you know, them winters, I'm sorry. I love New York to a degree, but them, them winters, no. I will right. lock off a six month like fly moratorium to New York because I know they they don't even the New Yorkers I know don't like the the weather. But I asked you that because when I got out there, um, I visited maybe three or four times in the past year and a half, if I remember correctly. And mm -hmm. there's a level of busyness 
but New York is like big daddy busy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm, yes. Big mama busy, and, it, and New York is big daddy busy. And the reason why I say that is because in LA, it's more of a, and maybe it's because I have a lot of tribe there. That might be it. LA is more of a nurturing place for me. Maybe because, again, I like the beach, and mm-hmm. I, I'll go to Mama Ocean and go kick it with her. And mm-hmm. I feel like I get a lot of my best work done in the ocean or near the ocean. So if it's not at the ancestral home in the Virgin Islands, it's in LA. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. but then it's more like, you know, it makes you want to go get it. You know, I, I want to go get it, whatever it is. Take your ass to New York. It's like, I got to go get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the form of, um, of the energy I feel. Like, it's a lot. You can like, I don't know, like for me, I can feel it. It's a, it's a lot of shit. You can feel it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do y'all deal with that? And they said, you know, it's just when you up, when you raised up in it, that's just a part of, that's just a part of the experience. It, it doesn't yep. form. So that's one yep. thing on that, just, just out of curiosity. Yeah, you know what? It was a really fast-paced city. I think that there was a lot, you know, a lot of running around, a lot of people not necessarily being super mindful in the moment kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think, you know, like I really, I really took the time to like relax there and like, you know, kick back and, and, and almost – I think that was, that was almost why it was so powerful for me to be in that city as a person who's very mindful and peaceful. Because, like, even though there was a thousand New Yorkers running around me and I literally couldn't see where I was going in the morning when I took the train, it still was kind of cool to be like, my mind is still. Like, I'm not here as one of these New Yorkers. I'm just here as a visitor and I can, you know, my energy doesn't, doesn't evoke this and I don't have to do this. Like, it's just very interesting. Um, but I also, you know, it's admirable because, you know, New York is known as the place for people who are like, you know, they, they really want to rise to the top and do things like that's what's there, right? And I think that's why it exists. You know, it's, it's a great place for people who are competitive and for people who want to be around because that environment supports certain people, right? Because like, there are some people that need that, that type of like, oh, I need to be on edge and I need to be fast paced and, and getting everything like that. Yeah. And and then there are people like, for example, New Orleans is the opposite because like we're the big easy. And here, if you expect something to be done in 30 minutes, it's going to take you two hours. I don't care who you are. The traffic is going to slow you down. It's going to be too sunny. There's going to be a random parade somewhere you go and you're going to get stopped in the middle of the street. Like New Orleans is, is easy going. And so I think it's interesting because, you know, that contrast, um, now that you pointed out, it's, it's really evident, you know, people... For some reason over there, I noticed people just, like, don't want to, like, slow down. And I also noticed, like, just for my friends who live there, they tend to be a little more stressed out. Um, and so, you know, I hope that people – and I, maybe that's the reason, too, why, like, the spiritual arts are so present in New Orleans – or, sorry, in New York and so important because amongst all that chaos, it's just so important to quiet down, right? And, and I, I noticed that about New York is that there is a huge spiritual – uh, community and a huge magic community and, and a lot of connection to the divine. So there is that, that definitely exists there. And I'm excited to check that scene now. I'm not going to front the last three, four times I went to New York. It was a party and it was a party. And it was a party. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went up there for the Prince party last year and I love me some Prince. That's like, he's everything. So it was like, it was a whole day party there. And then, you know, there's, you know, all these other things to do at night. And it was, I think the last trip I went in October and I stayed in Brooklyn, I was in Crown Heights. And I remember as soon as I touched down, there was a party going on. There was this building where if I remember correctly, it was either Caribbeans 
or Africans. And um, it was people that were African in the building and the Haitians had a party downstairs mm -hmm. from like 9 p.m. to mm. like 5 a.m. So it was just a party. Then the next night, same party. And I was like, damn, like, it's just, it's just a lot. I mean, and actually, at first, I didn't understand it. And I also didn't like it. The first time, I didn't actually start visiting New York till like 2011. And at that mm -hmm. time, I hated New York. I said, I didn't understand it. But the more I go on the journey, it's like, you know what? It's more of us understanding the energy of the city. So you mm -hmm. can kind of move within it versus let it run you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's really dope and I really want to jump into um what New York has to offer I have some people up there that I've been wanting to connect with for a while they've been telling me to bring my ass so but you know I need to figure out this move first and once I do uh-huh uh-huh in due time in due time you know and that's what it is too because I want I really want to go back and I have to give myself some time to settle in New Orleans again but I'm planning on doing a spiritual retreat of some sort over there because the the energy was just so it it's calling me back like the city's calling me back there's no doubt that's how i feel about la they just call my ass back every every time but you know but just out of curiosity um so a lot of people are seeing and i really want to discuss the whole spirituality being a trend thing because yeah the episode before i did talk about should healers charge for their services i want to talk about that too Yes, please. That's it. Oh my God. These are sweet and juicy topics. First things first, a lot of people see brujas. And I think the first time I see, God, who was that? I don't remember who it was, but she said, um, you know, I'm a bruja. And I said, okay, I can make an assumption here. Mm -hmm. likely Latina version or Latin version of a practitioner of some type of energy work or magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, the more I dove into it, I said, y'all, it's just kind of dope. It's almost like on my end, you know what I'm saying, with being black, you know, you have women who have done, like, hoodoo and things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is dope. I fuck with it. Okay, cool. So for those yes. people, what is brujeria or what is being a bruja? Yeah, I love answering this question. And, you know, even as you were talking, it became a little clearer to me. So for me, I can only speak to the experience of what it is to be a Mexican bruja, right? Because bruja is a term used by women, mostly, uh, and, you know, people who identify outside of the gender binary sometimes, um, that basically is representative of someone who has some sort of Latin American descent, some sort of Caribbean descent, right? Um, and it comes from their ancestors, and it comes from their culture. So the word itself, that matters, right? Um, and it and to me, it's like a bruja is someone who has an identity and roots in one of those countries I just mentioned, right? So to be a bruja, you got to be from those places. If you're calling yourself a bruja and you are not from Latin America and your ancestors don't speak Spanish and, you know, you're, you didn't grow up with those roots, you're not a bruja. You're a person who wants to be a bruja, you're a wannabe. Um, and to me, Mexican brujería is about... Uh, fixing situations in your life and it's about uh, allowing yourself to get what you want by doing magic so to me brujeria is always going to be a form of energy work uh, and spiritual work um, in Mexico the common quote-unquote definition of a bruja would be someone who uh, practices um, actually like there it's very heavily associated with practicing the worship of the saint I worship saint death and so that's one aspect that I can speak to is like Mexican brujería includes a lot of saints and a lot of 
I guess, uh, spirits that you can work with. And one of the bigger ones, in my opinion, is La Santísima Muerte. So not every bruja is going to work with her, but at least in my, you know, in my state where I'm from, that defines heavily, you know, who gets seen as a bruja and who doesn't. Um, you know, and then also it's an ancestral thing. So a bruja is also someone who's just like very in tune with uh, the roots and the medicine and the ancient wisdom that has been within her or within them um, their entire life. So to be bruja is to almost, you know, to awaken your inner source of power and knowledge from your ancestors. A bruja is someone who has, who can hear, talk to, and feel that culture and that power. Um, and so, you know, a bruja is someone who has a past, a very long past, um, a connection to ancient times. Uh, and I think that's probably like the way I would define it. And, you know, the practice of brujería is in a lot of ways similar to what people call quote unquote witchcraft. Um, and so it's, in Mexico, it's very flexible, right? So in Mexico, brujería is, uh, you can practice like herb work and candle work and saint worship. And you can also practice if you're into it, like, you know, like you could put Wicca into your practice as a Mexican witch if you really wanted to. You could put, um, you know, aspects of, you know, maybe other types of witchcraft into your practice and that's welcomed. So brujería for me is really, you know, the many ways that people can work uh, to change their lives through magic. I love that answer. It's, that's, I mean, I don't even have any questions at that point. You laid that all the way down. So on your journey, how did, because I feel like a lot of stuff ancestrally, I think that's in our DNA. And I think sometimes it takes us um, finding it or it finding us again or reminding us that it was there. So like mm-hmm. how did you find the, the magic within to where you were like, yo, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Well, I was lucky because I was, you know, my great grandmother is a curandera. Now a curandera is not someone who would be call herself a witch unless she wanted to, or a bruja unless she wanted to. Um, and so I grew up hearing from my mom stories about healing stories about, you know, herbal medicine, uh, stories about, you know, how to pray to the saints, how to do what we call limpias. So those were things like, you know, energetic cleansings with eggs. I watched my mom perform cleansings and, uh, energetic, energetic work and spiritual work on people. So I have always grown up around it. Um, now, like I said, my family's very Catholic, so they were practicing, um, forms of, you know, forms of folk magic and healing that they didn't call witchcraft and that they didn't call brujería, but that's what I grew up around, you know, the energy. Um, and I, I awakened actually rather recently, like it's only been a couple of years that I, that I tapped into what I would say is, you know, my witch power, my bruja power. It happened in 2013. So that's five years ago. You know, that's not very long. Um, and the reason I, you know, I say that is because that's when I started to just develop, right? Because it's one thing to be and one thing to develop. And for me, five years ago, it happened because people were pointing out to me that I made strange things happen or that I had like, um, that I had intuitive powers that I sort of like would predict things that I would, um, you know, I, I make things get lost all the time. Like I know that sounds weird, but like my, my energy would make strange things happen. 
And, and, you know, I, I never really attributed that to like being a bruja or anything, but that's what it was. Um, and, and, you know, then lo and behold, I'm very thankful for like another really great, uh, Mexican bruja who is named Bri Luna. You know, Bri Luna is the founder of the hoodwitch.com. And she's very, you know, she's very well known. She's like, I would call her, you know, she's kind of like one of my best bruja role models. And so I'm very thankful because she and her website led me to all of the knowledge I needed to grow as a witch, right? And to grow as a bruja. Um, because her stuff is just so like um, straightforward and fun to read and easy to practice. And I think that that's what I really appreciated about it. So, I mean, a lot of this journey for me was, it was always within me. I grew up with it. But then it took a couple of friends and a couple of things to happen in my life to align myself with like the greater divine purpose of the practice of what I do. You know, I think the hood witch does. I'm glad you mentioned her. Um, shout out to the hood witch. But I Heck think yeah. I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves with ushering in the new age of what spirituality is. To be honest, I exactly. I think spirituality. And again, this is not her, this is not her fault. Spirituality is a trend, but it's ushered in by the Brie Lunas and the Hood Witch. It is. It is. It and is. It's and it's like now, granted, I've seen some folks low-key just jack her whole shit at times. Like, you know, you've seen certain mm-hmm. things, like imagery-wise. Like I mean, who knows what else? But you know, I've, I mean she's mentioned it on on her own account how people are low low-key sweating the technique and they're not giving no credit, you know? So I think yep. Brie Luna does not get enough credit with ushering in a lot of things. To be honest, I think I may, who did I say that? I don't know if I said on an episode or what, but when I wasn't sure about whether to go public with who I was in terms of this, mm-hmm. it wasn't even about Maria. It wasn't about my face. It wasn't about none of that shit. I was supposed to be an anonymous voice behind a microphone. That was the intent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, like there's so many things that, it's something about interacting personally with people that kind of makes it a little more real for folks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, something you just said made, made something click in my head too, which is something that Brie Luna said to me. And I think that's the real, you know, I, I also, you know, I, I speak to her sometimes, you know, she's very nice. She answers her messages, you know, and she, um, she has provided me with some really useful guidance in my life, uh, specifically around like really, really particular questions that have been like, like uh, I asked her for recommendations on a book about Satanism because I was really interested in like learning about Satanism in a positive way, in a way where, you know, I could have a good resource to read from. And, you know, she sent me a book. So, um, and she has said multiple times that like part of what brujeria is and part of what magic is, is like you, the vessel are also the magic. You bring it all forth. And that's one thing I learned from her because you know, uh, as a woman herself, and even if you just look at her, the way she carries her energy, the way that she does things with her little bruja nails, you know, her attitude, her image, that is magic too, you know, because that is like her authentic self. And, and it's also because, you know, the body has power, right? And, and so I think it's important to talk about that, right? As a witch, you know, what part of my magic is the fact that like, you know, I put on my makeup and I look cute and I can you know, I can seduce, I can manipulate energy, I can make things happen. And that's, that's a big part of it for me too is, uh, yeah, you can do all your candle magic you want, and you could do all of your tarot readings you want. But there's also you, 
that are magic. You know, you, you do the magic, but it's also within you. You bring things out, you know, and, and I think that's important to recognize because we don't, in the spiritual community, I think that's the thing that a lot of people a lot of people think it's like, okay, I'm going to start my candles. I'm going to start my crystals. I'm going to do that. And that's the stuff that's easy to do because you could get it at Urban Outfitters and you could get it at like New It, you know? So that's that packaged spirituality where it's like, okay, here you go. Okay, I have a rose quartz now and it's going to help me attract love. And I have a freaking, you know, an amethyst and I'm going to like, you know, change the world now and this is all I need. And I'm like, no, like you need you, you need you. And that, you know, this is probably a good segue into that conversation about the yep. packaged, the packaged and the big and the like fake. Right. So that's what it is. That's the difference between, you know, the spirituality where you can buy it uh, at these like white people stores versus the spirituality that comes because you actually hold the dynamic vibration and you make things happen that was a word <laughs> i swear one day i'm gonna ask my producer to start throwing bombs and shit when somebody says a word or like a bell or air horns or something low-key i might have to write that down I'm do sorry. it do it anytime somebody say a word just bust out the caribbean air horn oh my god yes that would make me so happy <laughs> but i'm glad you mentioned that and again I know there's, in, in this, oh gosh, I, yeah, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. Fuck it. Go there. Go there. Sometimes there is this discussion of people saying they've done things for such a long time and they done been there and they did it first. And I totally respect that. So I know the comment with Brie Luna is definitely going to ruffle some feathers. I welcome it only because it's not about discrediting people that's been there, but it's mm-hmm. shit really popping all the way through. It's mm-hmm. People forget about um, Abracadabra. Brie Luna had that community. She mm-hmm. made that off of the hood, which, and if I remember correctly, it was invite only or it was limited, um, limited yeah. only. And people were able to talk and be able to share their ideas and give advice and things like that. So I think, and, and that's why I give Brie Luna the credit with ushering in the big ass wave. Of Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's from a black brown perspective asian perspective whatever it is the whole umbrella of it i i'd be i, I wouldn't even feel right saying that it is not because of nobody else other than her you know so i i think i think you're right and i think that you know my favorite part about what you just said is that she's a black woman you know she's a black and brown woman she's mexican and she has louisiana heritage you know she has new orleans heritage in her um and i believe some of her family is black and it's to me this is this is how the new age is supposed to come you know this is me speaking as like uh you know as someone who foresees really far into the future right because that's something i do too and that's something that a lot of us do you know we can all have prophecies we can all look and 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 to me it's so fitting that the person to bring witchcraft back and i am going to i am going to give her that credit because nobody else does it like her and i'm you know i think that it's awesome that the power figure behind a lot of this bruja and a lot of this uh, rising energy around witchcraft and spirituality is coming from a black woman to me is, is amazing because there are so many white witches out there that have already done this shit and created everything for themselves and get all the credit and they're the ones whose images are out there and it's time to change that shit because in order to have new age knowledge, new age consciousness, and new age spirituality, it must come 
from the people who have been oppressed. And it must come from the people who want to make change in, in, in the world. Uh, and those people are typically the people who are oppressed and have been historically. You know, this is how you turn history around. And that's what's happening. You know, I thought that was interesting, too, um, about the, as, what have, I, what have I read it as? The colonization of spirituality. Um, I've seen some white spiritual figures actually they actually, a few of them have come correct. They were like, hey, I want to apologize for not giving people of color their space or, you know, I apologize if they didn't seem like I come off a certain way and things like that. Some accepted it, some wasn't happening. But I'm starting to, I'm starting to see that, that switch in, in certain figures that are very popular have made uh, probably upwards of a million plus um, doing things. Um, whether it comes from well, shit, they might, they might come from oppressed people. Now I think about it. Either way, it's like you're, you're seeing the, the, you're right, history is starting to turn around where folks are starting to realize, like even with certain magazines, they're apologizing for not including, you know, women of color or healers of color in their mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mantra. I was featured in mantra, this current issue now. And what made me, I had to, I had to low-key give it up, you know, prop-wise, because I already liked their magazine. And um, they only come out, I think, once every two months. So I had kind of picked it up. I think I found Mantra like almost a year, a little under a year ago. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, they have so many different things. I hadn't quite noticed the pattern yet with the lack of POCs because I just found it. I think I was maybe three episodes, I mean, three issues, two, three issues in before. Mm-hmm. I- and it wasn't until they called themselves out on a post that said, yo, we are fucking up. We are not featuring, it is brought to our attention, actually by a woman out here, if I remember correctly, she has a, a yoga studio, I forget her name, but she basically brought to their attention that they didn't, they're not featuring enough women of color in their magazines and something has to be done. They made a whole public apology and from here on out, they've done that and they even do it online as well as in their pages. So I thought that was really interesting that you brought <laughs> up the, um, the whole piece of the colonization, if we should say, of spirituality because it usually it looks like yoga you think of yoga or vegan you think slim white female most times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really good that we're able to see a lot of different perspectives that come from a place that is made a uh, native i should say or natural too mm-hmm. so i'm glad you brought that up for sure yes it always comes up when i talk because like that's one thing that people know about the mexican witch the mexican witch is always talking about justice and the mexican witch is always talking about the people because that's i'm a i'm a woman of the people that's what my spirits always tell me you know my spirit guides are you know and it's a kind of a cool conversation i guess like one of my spirit guides is the mexican saint of death and she is the holder and the wielder of justice she decides who dies when they die and why and then my uh, my other spirit guides because i was so fortunate to grow up in new mexico and so fortunate to grow around native american cultures that a lot of my other spirit guides are for like very ferocious Native American men. It's very interesting. Um, and, and some of them are my family members, right? Because I'm Native American as well. My heritage is Native American um, on my mom's side. And um, at, least, at least I have a theory about it. I haven't done the DNA testing yet. But um, to me, that's just why I'm always speaking about this stuff and the justice and, and the, the where humankind is going in terms of our society and in terms of our how we deal with racism and how we deal with the stuff that's going on in the world um 
that's that's a part of my duty and that's a part of what I do too because I can't raise vibrations and consciousness without talking about the struggle of poor people and black people and people who live in this country who are oppressed um, and, and people whose cultures get stolen. So, you know, I'm so glad you brought up indigenous um, history in the theory. I personally believe that they're never going to be able to accurately portray native ancestry with the mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I actually had an Ethiopian woman that I spoke with about two weeks ago. So I'm really glad you brought this up. I was figuring out how I wanted to tell people. Um, but she said that she took the DNA test. Mind you, she's an immigrant from Ethiopia. Her family mm-hmm. is from Ethiopia. And she said that she took a DNA test and said she was half Ethiopian. And she didn't understand. Wow. So I'm not sure if the DNA testing would need to be cleared up with like migration patterns mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know migration patterns because you know everybody got that one mama they come from and there's right one, well the one comes from Africa but then it merges out into you know hundred thousand years they originate in different places but going to your theory I remember when I was eight years old I don't think I told this story either way I was really attached to animals um, being powerful and dream catchers. And Ooh. I didn't know why. When I was eight years old, I used to hang a dream catcher over my bed. Just always, you know, because that was like, you know, you keep the evil away. You know, eight years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I noticed that. Then as I got older, um, a lot of stuff just started. I don't know. It's always been an identification. I'm not going to say 100%, obviously, but it was always like an affinity for Native things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you Black, I got Indian in my family. You know? <laughs> yeah, you do says right so um i was like it, i don't know i just started asking these questions of okay did everybody was like africa just i mean not africa i'm sorry was north america just void of people before before they started coming over here taking shit so it i started kind of having questions you know because what they teach you in school ain't the truth and um my grandmother's history um her mom died very young in childbirth and we always took that whole Indian piece or that native or that indigenous piece from her. So the more we're doing research on Grammy's side, we're starting to realize there may be an indigenous connection as mm-hmm. well. That's wow. before slavery. So it's just kind of interesting in terms of what you said, in terms of like identifying with certain things and the history and, and stuff like that. So I think that's, I think that's really dope. Actually, that's really dope. Really dope. Thank you. So, um, moving right along to spirituality and being for the people, right? Mm -hmm. I did an Instagram story poll, and this is actually the topic of last week's episode, which was, um, Shahila's charge for services. Mm -hmm. It inspired me to do this episode because, um, what happened was that I saw a lot of people that I knew over the years get flat for charging. Mm-hmm. It was a formal email, whether it was a DM saying, I'm unfollowing you because you don't do this. Or I just can't believe, you know, you claim to be this that, and the other. And I did a poll and the majority of people believe that healers should charge. And there were a select few that said they shouldn't, they should be for the people. So I said, okay, for those who said that they shouldn't charge, are you okay with the possibility of your healer potentially living a life of poverty? Because right. they're helping you. And it was a few that said yes. And I said, oh, we got to talk about this. We got to change the perception on this. So yes. I'm asking you, 
do you feel that healers should charge for their services? So the, you know, to me that the answer to the question of whether or not spiritual healers should be paid is absolutely. Um, and especially because, you know, I spoke about this earlier, spiritual workers bring back to people and help them connect to something they've lost. And we're not here on this earth to work. We're not here on this earth to be miserable. We are here on this earth to have a happy, joyful life as much as possible, to be with each other and to be in peace. And that's what healers bring, you know, peace. They bring spirit. They bring you and connect you to your higher self. And there's nobody else that can do that. You can do it on yourself if you become your own healer, absolutely. And I, I support everybody who does that. I'm my own healer. You know, I see healers, but I also, I am my own healer. And I also think part of it is like, you know, healing is, is quote unquote, such like a feminine uh, field, right? There's more female healers and more uh, femme healers than there is men. And, and to me, it's kind of that like we're debating whether or not uh, healers should get paid when the majority of the history of healing has been a history of women, right? And so I think it's kind of bullshit that people are like, okay, you, you know, maybe you charge too much or you shouldn't charge it. I'm like, but I'm providing you with a service that uh, helps you grow in a way that like it's, it's spiritual food, like you're feeding yourself. And yeah, so I think spiritual healers should charge. I think that like they should charge uh, an amount that is uh, reasonable for clients. Uh, I think that they should charge. Uh, I think they also should be generous, right? So like one thing that someone just pointed out to me, you know, it's if you're a spiritual healer and you ballin' and you're doing well, fucking do some free readings, you know, for people who are poor or, you know, do a spell candle for someone who doesn't have money or, uh, you know, me as a witch, like uh, I'll do, I'll log on live and I'll do free readings, you know, or like there are times where people will reach out to me and be like, I'm really poor. I can't pay you. Can you do a small reading for me? And yeah, I'll do it. Um, you know, because it, you know, as much as I want to make my living and that's super important, um, I also, I'm, I'm an equitable person. So I try to keep my rates fair. I try to, you know, I try to be as fair as possible. Um, and I think, you know, I want to encourage that culture within our, our spiritual world because, uh, you know, we, we need to keep this world alive it's, and thriving. And, you know, this, now this uh, spiritual industry is just like, it's how so many people are getting paid and paying their bills. And so to me, for someone to suggest like, hey, don't charge for your services, well, then you're subjecting me to go take on a career or a job that makes me miserable, right? Because healing work is transformative for both parties, not just for the person that's doing it or for the person getting it, but it's also for the person doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for uh, paying other healers. I'm all for, you know, like I said, I buy stuff from other healers all the time and it has helped me greatly. Like I have had uh, people, you know, send me things too, right? Healers who, who give things away and give gifts. And, you know, and I think that's another way that you can kind of incorporate, you know, a little more, uh, of this, like, I'm not just taking people's money, but I'm also doing you know, something to give back. Like, you know, like I do giveaways, other spiritual healers do giveaways. Like there, there are ways where you can be really fair and equitable about being a healer and still make your living, you know? And again, I'm going to repeat this, like, ain't nobody asking them bankers to not get paid. Ain't nobody asking, you know, librarians not to get paid. Ain't nobody complaining about anybody else doing something for free. So why are the healers getting this? Because, like, everybody else gets to get paid and we don't get to pay, get paid? That doesn't make any sense to me.
You know, I, I've said in my episode that I think the reason why people feel this way, because I know it's not a lot of them, but sometimes it's them five, six bad apples that keep overstepping the boundary that makes healers have even more, because, you know, healers got to protect up, you know, when they deal with people or when they, because mm-hmm. obviously I tell people if energy work can be dangerous, if you don't know what you're dealing with, you don't know what exactly, so exactly. It's almost like you're asking someone to go into a fight sometimes for nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like you're mm-hmm. asking to go into something unprotected or mm-hmm. to help you for your benefit. And it's like, you should do that for me. Mm-hmm. It's like it mm-hmm. comes off kind of, the intent kind of comes off um, fucked up. Or people that forget that there's other clients or there's just lives that need to be handled off of here or even, you know, resting up. Because, you know, healers can't go old and on and on and on. They have to take some time away to kind of, you know, do what they need to do to reset, whatever it may be, to be able right. to more people, whether free or paid. So I'm like, you know, people will see the people up and say, I need a reading right now. I need a card right now. And it's like, okay, well, hit me up and we can book some time and then you'll hear from them no more. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I think again, because of the internet being free, you know, quote unquote free, I think and with it being such a no bunch of knowledge online for quote unquote free, I think that's kind of where that idea comes that people should be able to do things for free because they mm-hmm. believe knowledge is already there. I can just find it myself. If that's the case, feel free to do it yourself. Yeah, do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, and you pay healers when you can't do something yourself, right? So that's what I, what I think is interesting too, is like, okay, so I do my own candle magic because I can, because I learned. I'm self-taught. You know, I read books. I uh, watch YouTube, and, and I learned most of the things that I do that are powerful and effective by just watching YouTube. So, like, if you're going to complain, then just go watch YouTube yourself and fucking learn how to do it. But, you know, not everyone's going to be good at reading cards. Not everyone is going to be good at doing candle magic. You have to, you have to work at it, you know, and you – if you want to do it for yourself, well, put in, put in the labor. It's going to take you months. You know, it's going to take you months. You know what's interesting about um, YouTube is that a lot of people act like they don't be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't be on YouTube. But it's just like, I think also just, I said this also in the episode last week. I said that everyone has gifts and everyone has the potential to be a healer in their own way if they are able mm-hmm. to recognize the gifts or you know or gifts whatever one they want to hone in on and they actually invest the time the effort and the money if necessary you know because certain things cost money books and you know teaching mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. then they can really be a healer for not only themselves but to help the world because I feel like that's really what I mean that's what healers are here for yeah we can heal ourselves but that's to help the world is what it's about so I, um, I thought that was interesting that you said you said that in terms of, you know, being your own healer and doing the own work, because I think a lot of people, um, I think they put healers on a pedestal of appreciation, which I can't appreciate, but I think they forget that it's in them too, and that they can also hone their own gifts, and when I say that, I know a couple people say, well, everybody's not a healer, everybody's not a healer. I didn't say everybody was multi-talented at everything. But everyone mm-hmm. really has a healer nature inside them if they want to accept and embrace. Some people don't want to. And they're like, I, that's not, I don't want to do it. And that's their prerogative. But I think some people get upset that I say that because I think they feel that that diminishes the title of them being healers. And I feel like if, how am I saying this? How do I want to say this? Mm-hmm. I don't want the word spiritual or the word healer 
um, to, to lead people to have a crutch and fall into their identity to where it defines them. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it's like, okay, well, people kind of feel like being a healer or being spiritual makes them stand out amongst others, not in the way to where it helps people, but it almost comes off like a superiority. Yes. And I, I try to stay away from that. You know, even when people, you know, as, as soon as you gain popularity, right, because there are, there are people who are working on that and there are people who are quote unquote popular. There are people who are more influencers than others. Um, and as soon as that starts to happen where, where, where people get more followers or whatever, you know, you could either do this two ways. You could get an ego and you could be mean to people, or you can pretend you can be who you are and be humble. Right. And that's, that's a big thing for me is like, I'm very blessed and my spirits have, have provided me the growth that I asked for. Right. And the, and the followers that I asked for and, and everything that I need to keep this, uh, this healing as a, as a mechanism, right. As what I do for a living. Uh, but, but the reason why it's just important to remember that like, you know, you're not different than someone else. Uh, yeah, I have abilities that I've developed and that I was born with. But so do you, and, and you might just be keeping them silent. You know, there's, there's nothing different about me than a person, who, um, a person who just began or a person who has less followers than me or anything like that, right? I try to be real humble even when people come up to me and they're like, oh, hey, hey, like, you know, they start talking about uh, Instagram and like that stuff. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of myself and, and I, I, I really love my followers and I'm really thankful for them. Um, but I'm not going to be that person who's like walking around being like, yeah, I'm some hot shit and some hot bitch. Cause I have all these followers. Um, that, that, you know, that can be a thing, right? People tend to get big heads after they become big. And that's something I'm trying to stay away from and be really conscious of because, um, you know, I don't want to change, uh, just based on the fact that there are more people tuning into what I'm saying, you know? Right. Right. I understand completely. As a matter of fact, I said something, was it a month ago? I told, I even told um, my followers, I said, hey, I know y'all tribe and everything, but if it ever gets to a point where I began using my platform for bullshit, for personal petty shit, check me on it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, I like to think that in this age of life, I'm a little more reasonable. I used to be a real hothead when I was younger, bad temper, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. type person. And um, I was like, you know, I have, better sense of mind, obviously, as you grow. But if I ever get to that point where I'm on some bullshit, let me know. Like, let me right, right, right. I'm not above my own advice, not above any of the shit I say to you or anybody else. So I'm like, right. please, feel free to check me. I don't, I'm not going to be mad. So, yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. Yay. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. We're on the same page about a lot of shit. I think that's actually what made me, like I told you, the transparency piece. Um, before... Before um, you guys heard the interview, me and Valeria were chopping up just about what made me want to interview her because I liked her transparency piece in terms of her just being unapologetically who she is. And even with her sexuality, she was like, you know, this is me and this is how I get down and and what. So like, mm-hmm. like that about people is, is what draws me to them. And that's to mention, I mean, obviously she's into, you know, she's a bruja. So it's like, all right, well, cool. I fuck with it, you know? So it just, I was like, one day I'm going to talk with her. And then when the right time came, here we are. So I just think that's really dope. I think that's really dope. And I think even this conversation has been just so beautiful for me, like to hear from you, to grow with you, to vibe with you. Like that's what this stuff is about. I'm thankful that this is where we've been taken and, and that there's been so many things that like 
you know, you made me think of that I didn't even think of, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and made me grow, right? Because like you said, you know, at some point, it's like, you know, maybe you might have to check yourself. And so a reminder of that's always good, a reminder of, um, you know, how to stay humble and how to remember who you are, uh, and how to be kind to others, you know, just because like, I mean, I don't think I, I haven't really had any like negative interactions with people online. But like, I, I do know that there are people whom, like, again, they things start to kind of get to your head. And, you know, they maybe they're like, just not treating people the same anymore. And so um, yeah, I would say stay away from those people because, you know, they're, they're in it to take your money. They're not in it to, to give anything to you. Man, that's a whole nother episode. I swear I could literally go on about the shit I see and it's just like, you know, but it's like discernment is so key. You just, it's, it's like at some point people will eventually see the bullshit and then they'll see the genuine you know what i'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i agree oh one quick thing and like i said i mean just clearly i don't structure my interviews obviously we just we just talk but i love it i'm curious to know for those who um because i do get a lot of dms about stuff that people are you know supposed to are embarrassed they don't want to necessarily ask in comments and that's okay you know you can ask privately but they'll ask me certain things and i said one day when i get a practitioner on here i'm going to ask them some of the things that people have asked me. Yeah. So one question that I've gotten was, and I want to keep them simple because I know there are tricks to the trades and things like that. that I don't mm-hmm. All the way into feeling. But um, protection. How does the Mexican witch advise people to protect themselves? Um, yeah, that's really important. I usually tell people to first, like really cleanse their spaces. So that's a part of protective work is that like, as much as you want to also, you want to prevent things from coming in, but you also want to get rid of the shit that's already there. So first step is that cleansing uh, and cleansing well. And then to, for protection, you know, I usually say stick to what your gut tells you, right? Because the gut never lies. And so if you feel like you need to be away from someone or something, follow that shit, listen to your voice and create a relationship to your voice where you do not let yourself be, dri- you know, driven into danger or driven away, you know, driven away from your greater and higher purpose. That's one way to protect yourself. And me, I'm a witch. So I'm like, I definitely recommend putting up spell work to protect yourself because, uh, especially if you're a practitioner that has a name out there, you know, not everybody's nice. So putting up your protection walls is important. And to me, uh, you know, there's many ways to do that. Quick fun facts, uh, in the ways I recommend to people, I always recommend like two or three really effective things. Uh, and I won't give away my protection secrets because that would be unwise. Thank but you. I feel you. I feel you. So, so my, you know, in terms of my, my private protection, uh, there are very few people who know what I do. My best friends know because I put up protection for them. And because I, I, I have friends who are witches who practice and I have taught them and I have taught them my methods of protection. Because I want them to be covered, right? So uh, two simple things. Protection bottle. It's a witch's bottle. It's super cool. Um, you can either bury it in front of your home or you can keep it on your altar to kind of be charged and to just hold the energy there. A protection bottle is uh, any sort of jar that you can get. Uh, and a basic recipe is, you know, you add, um, you add rusty nails 
and you add broken glass and you add protection herbs uh, and anything you find that's protective that draws you, maybe even if you have like a, like certain charms or certain things like that, you, you add all of this to a bottle with wine or liquor, some sort of liquor. Um, and you then, if you are not opposed to this, the most effective way to make this thing work is if you pee in it. So you put your urine uh, or your blood. So urine or blood, you know, I, I happen to be a fan of both. Um, and you basically what that creates is that, you know, your essence is within this bottle. Uh, your blood is very powerful. Your herbs are in there, which are powerful, which you should enchant before you do the ritual, obviously. So, it, you know, it can't, although it sounds simple, it's just a witch bottle. It's also complex. Um, you know, you want to have your rusty nails in there because what that does is it sends back the negative energy. So, you know, you're putting up a protection, but you're also sending back. Um, and then my second, uh, I guess my second tip that I give people, it, it's very witchy. Like, you know, do your protection uh, candle work. It's very important. Put up your protective uh, spells. Uh, and so that can be anything from, you know, a black candle that you put words on and you do a spell with, or uh, maybe you actually do protect your house, like by doing a line of salt in front of your house. Um, I tend to recommend to people to also scare away evil spirits by putting certain things up. So like the salt, like I just said, if you like do simple black salt or salt out outside your door, that tends to keep the spirit, the evil spirits out. Um, if you have like plants, plants tend to chase away evil spirits, um, specifically aloe. So I always recommend that to people. Um, you know, having, having a good vibration is the best protection as well. So like, even though you're going to do all this spell work and do all these things, like at the end of the day, uh, your biggest protection is also the, the, your mind and how you hold it and how you like, don't let people get to you. And you don't let, especially people who are trying to make you feel really bad about yourself to the point where you want to, you know, give up. Right. And so protection is both magic work, but also heavy internal, uh, security and confidence work. I fuck with it. You know, it's so funny because, um, when you mentioned the essence, um, I actually had somebody pitch a show idea about using the essence. And for those who don't know, that's menstrual blood. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They were talking about using that in terms of, um, and that's not, a, that's not a, a new concept to me, but in the way she mentioned it, because it's in the household, not cooking, but in like household like things in terms of, um, damn, what did she say, gardening? Something like that. I was like, I've never heard it with respect to gardening. I've heard it in damn near everywhere else. So even the little urban folktale about, you know, men don't eat spaghetti from women because they go, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like, I've heard it everywhere but there. So I thought it was interesting you brought the essence. And um, and the importance of sending energy back to people. Like, people like to say that that's, like, black magic. I don't think it's black magic. I mean, granted, you... It's not. Exactly. I was like, it's more so protecting yourself. That's protection. That's not... Well, and then it's like, if you okay, look, so just put it this way for everybody else. If you were out in a battle, right, you're out on a battlefield and we had the same mindset as to like, you can't send it back. So you would go out there without a sword. You would go out there without a sword so you couldn't fight. I don't want to be helpless, you know, it, and it's not about sending negativity your way because you're not actually, you know what I mean? Like 
if someone chose to put that negativity on you, they going to get it back. You're not sending anything bad. You're not sending a spirit. You're not there. You are sending literally back what they did to you back to them. And to me, that's not about evil or dark. That is about justice. And that is about why the fuck you fucking with me. If you fuck with me, you better not because it's going to come back to you. And that's how you protect yourself. And that's how you don't get hurt, right? That's how you don't get attacked because you are tough and because you fight. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go out there on that battlefield with no swords. I ha- I'm going to have myself 15 in a, in a backpack in the back so I can win. That's how it is. For those who um, know about the, the childhood nursery rhymes, I've always thought this one was about negative energy. Remember, I don't know if some of y'all might remember, I am rubber and you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off to me and sticks back to you. That's yep. how I explain to people in terms of like what that means. It's not that you're, it's not even that you even did it, so to speak. It's just more so just bounces off of you. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. who it is. Agreed. So as you, you mentioned the fighting with the sword, because it wasn't until you said that to made me, um, that made me remember the comparison. I said, oh shit, I do say that. So um, is there anything else that you want the world to know about Valeria, the Mexican witch? Um, I mean, I always just like to, I mean, this is like shameless plug, but it's like, if you feel attracted to my energy, if you like want to book a reading, let me know. I do my readings in two ways. I can either offer just a tarot reading for 30 minutes, or I can do a spiritual session. And spiritual sessions are one hour, and they're more diving into like, I will do a tarot reading during, but, you know, we can address other things. Um, besides that, you know, um, you know, just know I keep it real. I try to be really authentic. Um, I try to be caring and kind as much as possible. Uh, it's not possible all the time. Um, and I, I really, I, I do my work out of love, right? I do it out of love for everybody else, and I want to see everybody else be empowered. It brings me great joy to see strong people. And it brings me great joy to... Uh, see people who are in tune with their highest vibrations. So yeah, I guess the biggest message I can ever give anybody is like, work on your vibration, uh, keep it good. And if it's not good, you know, go on a journey to make it that way, because we are all capable of these things. You know, someone might listen to this and be like, oh, how is Valeria the Mexican witch capable of, you know, uh, doing a, a money candle and then getting so-and-so money back or, or how is Valeria able to attract this opportunity to do this event that's really cool? Well, uh, you can do it too. You know, manifestation is absolutely something you can learn how to do. It's probably something you're already doing. So I would say, you know, remember your own magic and remember that I'm, you know, I'm no different than you are. You can do this too. Um, and, and, and me, like as a teacher, as a spiritual teacher, I can help you do that too. So if people are interested in witchcraft, uh, specifically Mexican witchcraft or brujeria, and they think that I can help them, you know, I'm wide open. Uh, I tend to and try to answer all the questions I can, so. And that actually was going to lead me to my next question in terms of how can people find you? Yeah, I'm really an Instagram girl. Like, you can find me at the Mexican witch on Instagram, and that's my favorite way of contacting people. Uh, I try to be as active on there as possible, so I'm there. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it first. An interview with Valeria, the Mexican witch. And that was this week's episode with Valeria, the Mexican witch. I hope you guys learned something from it. I know I did. Um, And I think that Valeria has a great spirit. And 
Um, I love her her candidness and her transparency. And I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Um, and I wish her nothing but the best with anything that she decides to put her mind to. And I'll definitely be pulling up on her once I touch down New Orleans when I make uh when I make my moves out of Atlanta into California. So if you need to find her, you can find her at Instagram, the Mexican Witch. If you need to find me, you can find me at spiritualhomegirl.com as well as Spiritual Homegirl on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And um, I want to thank everybody that came out to the Veggie Connection on the 25th of August. That was last Saturday. Shout out to Latifa and Sasha from Life and Light Wellness, Kiana from um, Key Events. Um, who else was there? Bree from Radical Healing Co. I met Hertz and then um, KP and 87 Sweets, Liz from Healthy Nuggets, uh, Chef Levy with that bomb ass burger. His burger tastes way better than the Big Mac. That's how Big Mac should have tasted. You know, for one, it's real food. And then number two, that sauce. McDonald's need to come see by Chef Levy and that sauce because that secret sauce he got is way better than anything McDonald's thought they was putting out these past 50 years or so. And I, I stamped that. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. I do. Just like Denzel's character, Frank Lucas on American Gangster. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. And I don't be sitting out here giving half-ass testimonials for anybody. If I really like something, I genuinely will support it and I will let people know about it. So, um... I really enjoy everybody. Oh, yeah, shout out to Ivana from Blossom and Brown Girls, Tia from Tia Speaks, Kendra from Kendra's Love Corner. She got a class going on um, about fixing broken relationships and the breakdown of communication and such, you know, the things that cause a broken relationship. So she'll get your relationship back on track. Shout out to Kim from Mystical um, Makeup Artistry. She's dope as well. Who else was there? There was a woman. Oh, my gosh. I hope you're listening. There was a woman that saw me right before I went on stage to speak. And she said, I follow you on Instagram. I love you. And I should have gotten her name, but I was literally doing readings the entire event. I could barely catch up with my folks. Like Tiffany from Lace Me Organic, shout out to her. She um she was there vending and selling her products for organic hair care as well. But I just could not keep up with everybody. So, ma'am, if I seen you with the locks and you saw me at the Veggie Connection, hit me up. I want to do a one-card reading for you. Because you was trying to wait on me, and I had too much shit going on, and I apologize for that. And I was hoping you would be there at the end, but apparently I went over on my talk to where Cassandra, the chef in Pearl, shout out to her. Um, her her mock tuna, vegan tuna, is amazing. But Cassandra had to hit me with the Sandman like a Showtime at the Apollo. She had to tell me to wrap it up, B. You know, I was just talking and flowing too much, I guess. <laughs> but it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of myself. Cineholic was out here with the cinnamon buns. It was a beautiful, beautiful event. And um, it was the best one yet. I've been to three so far. Two in Atlanta. No, this is my third one in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I've been to four. This is my third one in Atlanta. And I did one in California. And this was definitely the best one. So that means it's only going to get better and better. So November 3rd. Um, they got some coming for y'all over in California, so just stay tuned with that. And what else? What is on my heart? Y'all know at the end of each episode, I always speak on what's on my heart. I don't really script anything. Like, I don't script shit. I don't script my intros, my outros. I don't script my interviews. I just like to flow. You know, structure is one thing in terms of what you want to address, but in terms of just going by, like, notes and verbatim and all that stuff, I don't roll like that. Even my talk, my talk on Saturday wasn't like that either. We just kind of, I had an idea of what I wanted to say, and next thing I knew, I was talking. So, with that being said, folks going to watch you, and people going to want to know what you up to. 
And that's just a part of the game when you put yourself out there in any way, shape, or form, whether it's professionally or personally. But the thing is, you control what the perception is to a degree. And what I mean by to a degree is because regardless of what you put out, there's always going to be somebody that takes it however they want to, whether it's they feel you or they twist it into something it's not. Either way it is. You know, either way it goes, I should say. Either way it goes. Don't let anybody else's perception hinder you from fulfilling your mission, no matter how small or great. So if you just want to post a nice picture of yourself, don't let nobody dictate what you're going to post and why or how or when. Maybe I don't want to post this selfie of me looking bad as hell because I don't want anybody to think I'm being conceited. Fuck them. Okay. Their irrelevance. Okay. If you want to post a selfie, you out here looking fly, do your thing. If you want to, you know, post something else in terms of, you know, uh, dropping knowledge or doing something regarding your business, drop that shit because the people that's meant to get it going to get it. Don't let these followers, and I say it's a lot too because, again, I'm not above any of the things I say, but it's on my heart. Don't let these followers dictate what you do in terms of what you post because, again, we're here to find a tribe and fulfill a mission, right, and we're here to learn from each other. So the last, and, again, the worst thing you want to do, and I said this before, but I have to say it again, the worst thing you want to do is let people who are figuring shit out on the journey just like you dictate what you do on the journey as you figure it out. Don't ever give these folks that much credit, ever, because they don't deserve it. You have the power to empower yourself. You do. And nobody's opinion, because we all on the same level. I know we act like we, we know some are better than others. We all are on the same playing field when it comes to this this journey of figuring shit out don't let nobody else your peer dictate how you operate if you know you're moving within your truth and you're being authentic to yourself and you're happy and it fulfills you roll with that no matter how slow it may appear to be no matter how hard it may appear to be as long as you are happy with that then that's all that matters i had a conversation with an awesome woman last week and she wants to help bring the, the joy and the gift of art to children. And she made a comment about how she didn't want to feel like she was the only person that was doing it. Like she basically wanted to see if she had any kind of support, you know, from her fellow um, artists. And I thought that was great because there's strength in numbers and there's nothing wrong with collaborating. But she also had to remind herself that, you know, if she has to go it alone, even without their help, if they ever flaked on her or just didn't want to do it, then she would be comfortable doing that because she knows that's the mission. And that's what it's all about. So even if she had been in a situation where those other peers of hers flaked on her or disapproved of what she was doing or didn't want her to do it or tried to hinder her, she knew that regardless, she would still need to forge it alone. She had to and was willing to do that anyway. And I think that's very important. It is. And also... um, meditation saves lives bruh i know that sounds real general like what girl what it does it's amazing what sitting still for as simple or as little as five minutes will do for you a lot of things that we have going on in life sometimes we create the shit that we complain about you feel me like sometimes we stress too hard about stuff we worry so hard about stuff we create problems over analyzing um, sometimes we don't just sit still. 
Sometimes we got to add a last word. Next thing you know, somebody want to whoop ass because of something we said. We could have just been silent and walked away. In my tribe letter, I mentioned one of my favorite things in the Tao of Leadership. And that was talking about how silence, their strength is silence. A real leader, according to the Tao of Leadership, don't go around gossiping about other people and other people's shit. They don't put energy into other affairs but their own. And they don't have time to be out here arguing, competing ideologies. That's why y'all don't see me talking about 13 versus 12 side astrology. I could give a fuck. You want to know why? Because if it works for you, it works for you. I'm not going to sit here and argue with somebody about what's right and what's wrong. Because at the end of the day, the person experiencing that will know what's right or wrong for them. Or resonates or what doesn't. So, you know, it basically talks about how, you know, rather than compete and be talking this and the third about competing ideologies, they just move forward on their own and they stay silent and preserve their energy. It put that energy towards what works for them and leading themselves or being a better leader to lead, um, to lead others and to be a good example. So that's just something to keep in mind. You feel me? But I know this was all over the place. It's a, it's a lot on my heart this episode. Um, and I, I just love to share that with people because you just never know who could, who needs to hear it. There's a lot of things that I love hearing. Like I listened to one of my favorite podcasts, Mogul Motivation, shout out to Twiz, Twiz Tyler. And he was talking about how we are essentially miracle workers. Sometimes we have to make a way out of no way. Sometimes we have to stay the course when things don't look favorable. Sometimes obstacles come in our way that's bigger and badder than what we've overcome previously. But sometimes we have to think about it like, yo, before this came into my face or came knocking at my door, I dealt with something that I thought was just as bad, if not worse, beforehand. I'm going to get through this just like I got through what I got through previously. Because I have an enduring spirit. I'm here to learn. I'm here to be made stronger. And I won't be made stronger if I'm not tested. And if I'm not put to, you know, put against adversity. How I deal with that, how I work the miracle under these circumstances will dictate the strength. It will. And we have weak moments now. Don't get me twisted. We not all out here build a Teflon. You know, we are going to have our moments where we, we fold. But even in the folding we're still going to learn something that's going to make us better. We just have to endure. And I'm not saying, and this is another thing I mentioned too in my tribe letter. I don't like to really talk about tribe letters um, on social media in terms of sharing everything. Is that special content that's for them. And, you know, that's the purpose. It, it's special curated content for them. But I tell people, like, this ride or die shit we be talking about, this ride or die shit is for the birds. You want to know why it's for the birds? Because that means we're happy and we're cool with subjecting ourselves to bullshit, whether it's our own or whether it's someone else's for the sake of loyalty and love. And once I realized that, I had to really break down what I thought love and loyalty was. And I had to update it. We had to remix it and flip it and reverse it. Word to Missy Elliott. We had to really fix it because the way that it was working for me was only getting my feelings hurt and getting me disappointed and getting me left down and putting me in situations that I didn't need to be in. We don't have to put up with this shit. Not if we don't have to. Not if we know that we don't have to. So it's something to keep, you know, keep in mind. I know somebody's out there listening that's probably going through it right now. And I'm telling you, ride it out. Ride it out in terms of 
learning something from the experience and figure out how to work your miracle. And if it's a situation that you're going through right now for the sake of loyalty and love, reevaluate whether it's worth the pain that you deal with, the stress that you deal with, the disappointment that you deal with. Just reassess and reevaluate. And only you're going to know whether it is. Now, for me, I, re- I learned that was not for me. But you'll know what's, what, you know, what, what's best for you. But there's nothing wrong with reevaluating and reassessing if necessary. So that's all I want to say. I love y'all so much. Thank you guys for supporting. I really appreciate y'all. I really do. Whether it's a social media share, whether it's a listen on the podcast, whether it's, you know, you buying a t-shirt or buying a hoodie or supporting, you know, the the testing that I did with the make peace with the day packs. Like, thank y'all so, so, so much. I love you guys a lot. You guys have no idea. And I'm really grateful for you all. I really am. Each and every one of y'all. I'm grateful for those who support. I'm grateful for those who lurk. I'm grateful for those who hate. I'm grateful for those who have even tried to hinder what it is that I'm doing. Because it is all of this that makes up the journey of what I'm doing with Spiritual Homegirl. And it only drives me more to fulfill the mission of impacting people's lives positively. One day, one episode, one post, one event, one product at a time. And I really appreciate that. So thank y'all. Big up yourself, you hear me? All right, but it's been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, reassess, reevaluate, and um, do what's best for you. Peace.